Hello, you guys. Welcome back to the Hot Dish, episode 70. We have a we have a different kind of episode today that we're really excited about. Um, you know that we are very open when it comes to our mental health, and I've shared a lot of personal trauma that went on in my life and how I have I unfortunately suffer with anxiety and depression. And when we opened up and talked about our mental health, we got a lot of messages from people who really thanked us for being open and honest about it and being really vulnerable. So we kind of thought, well, maybe we should have some group therapy. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a therapist with us, Dr. Schumacher. Welcome. I'm not a doctor. Oh, okay. oh sorry, sorry, sorry. I asked, Jer- I, I asked Jared and he said that that was fine. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> So you're not a doctor. You're I'm not a doctor. I'm a master's degree social worker. I'm a licensed independent clinical social worker. Oh, wow. That's called. mouthful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm. Well, I'm licensed in North Dakota, Minnesota. And then I'm also going for another license, which is a certified sex addiction therapist, which is a interesting. Oh. Yeah. It's about a year long process. And then when I'm doing, I can do that kind of therapy now. So you want to tell me all I can tell you all about my history if you want I would love, yeah what made <laughs> yeah. you pursue I mean, the sex therapy but all of it going into mental health yeah well so I started out um oh back in 1983 I graduated from college from with my social work degree I went to Moorhead State they called it back then and then I started working in all sorts of different areas I worked in nursing homes I worked at the county social services in rural North Dakota all of those kind of things and then eventually decided to go back to college and get my master's degree. So I went to University of North Dakota. And we were kind of the first cohort that could do it live remote, you know, back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of cool. So we were able to do that and got my master's degree, worked for the state of North Dakota, and eventually ended up working um, for the state and did sex offender work. I was a therapist, mm. a group therapist for sex offenders. And then when I retired, I decided to go into private practice. And that's when I decided to continue on with uh, private therapy. I do a lot of trauma work. I do a lot of work with depression, anxiety, that type of thing. But I also decided to, because there's really nobody here in North Dakota that does the sex addiction work, I decided to yeah. do that as well, too. So, yeah, so that's kind of my my uh, journey to get here. Are there a lot of therapists that you, like, in the Midwest, like, compared to other places in the country? You know, I I don't I I think there's 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 certainly enough around, but I think mental health has become so much more aware that yes. we've become aware that there is that mental health need mm-hmm. that I think the the need for therapists has increased. Yeah. So. Um, we have a wait list. It's not too bad, about two months. But I know when we go to some of the other agencies, they're like six months or something like that. So mm-hmm. there certainly is a need. Um, you know, there's there's different pockets that we kind of look at as far as needs. Just a general therapist is kind of what I do as well, too. But when we get specialized, like what I do, the sex addiction or the trauma, you know, when they do some of the special stuff like EMDR, that type of thing, mm-hmm. that becomes kind of limited what's available. Um, what's EMDR? Um, when somebody has a extreme trauma or any kind of kind of trauma symptoms and they um, really can't get past it you know any kind of talk therapy that we're doing um, any kind of medications really aren't helping them to do that there is something kind of new out there that's been very well researched it's called EMDR it's called eye movement desensitization processing and what oh. it is <laughs> what it is is um, so what happens is the person talks about their trauma and then they're doing something that's sort of processing on the side 
side. It can be a number of different things. Um, it can be that you kind of move your fingers in front of their eyes. It can do kind of tapping or it can be playing mm. music. And what it is is that your brain, while they're processing the trauma, they're also processing another part of what's going on. And for whatever reason, it allows the brain to process it and allows the brain to um, be able to handle it a little bit better. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's kind of a new thing out there, but most therapists are really becoming certified for that. And that's my next certification. But wow. uh, yeah, so it's a really cool thing that there's happening out there. So and I think that's what's happening with mental health is it grows and it changes. And yes. there's always something different. So that's what I've always loved about it is mm -hmm. new, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, something really fun and new all the time. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you think people are just becoming more aware of it? That's why mental health is seeming more um, like common, or do you think it was always there, but we just weren't talking about it? Absolutely. You know, I really do believe that. I think it is just becoming more of the awareness piece of it. But I also think life is different. And I was talking to my mother-in-law about this the other day. She's 90 years old. And, um, you know, she doesn't quite understand what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no my moms mom's ever yeah, do. Yeah. My mom definitely doesn't understand no. what I do. Exactly. <laughs> so that's a generational thing. I don't really understand what Jared does. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was talking to her and she says, why are there so many people in trouble. And I says, well, it's not in trouble. <laughs> I, I think, you know, that and, and and it's different because when I look at her life and my mom's life, they were at home. They mm -hmm. most of them didn't have to work. You know, it was their duty was the job was the home. Um, they had their ladies aid. They had their support networks. They were able to develop a lot of those kind of things. And I think life has just changed so much. You know, you gals are also busy <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and there's a lot expected out of you. And there's a lot of um, expectations, again, throwing social media out there. And I think that all just really makes life a lot harder and a lot more difficult. Mm. I mean, it's great that you have that, right? It's great that we have that, but it comes at some cost. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that we can't have it, but we have to learn to process it and we have to learn to find balance. And that's, I have a little rock in my office that says balance. <laughs> I bring mm -hmm. it out all the time is how do we find kind of the mm -hmm. balance and all that and I think that's a lot of what therapy is about as well yeah so, yeah yeah absolutely yeah do you have any special tools that you do do like maybe every single day that does keep you balanced between I mean you're talking to these people who are going through real big yeah. traumas and then it must be hard to kind of like listen and not kind of take that all in as your own yeah, that's a great question. I get that asked a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what I say is I wouldn't be doing, I've been doing this almost 40 years. Mm -hmm. You know, I wouldn't be doing this for 40 years if I haven't been able to find that, to find that balance. Mm -hmm. For me, a lot of it is um, I love to exercise, walk. You know, I'm a big walker. Mm -hmm. This morning I was walking with my AirPods on, mm -hmm. one of my favorite things to do. But I'm also a big yoga person. Mm -hmm. I think we have to find something that allows us to be mindful, you know, and kind of escape a little bit and I think again that's that's been really that's hard nowadays yeah, when you're trying to yeah. do everything that's really hard to find so mm -hmm. yeah so that's that's basically what I do I have a great support network as well you know I have mm -hmm. the kids I have my husband um, I have great friends and I I rely on them a lot yeah. you know that type of thing mm -hmm. but I've always been somebody who can just take it you know it, it doesn't it's not like I go home and I think about it a lot I mean I certainly have clients that I think about but I'm able to shut it off 
And that's kind of what we have to be able to do as well, too. We've talked about different grounding techniques before. Mm -hmm. Um, When I went to therapy, I learned some grounding techniques to balance like my own anxiety. What do you suggest for grounding techniques? Yeah, so a lot of the grounding techniques that we use is DBT, dialectical behavioral therapy. Um, It's a it's a treatment modality that we have. So what it is, it's really um, looking at how can you be in the here and now? Because a lot of times people have anxiety attacks or something like that. So it's kind of how can you bring yourself into the here and now? There's some super simple things that you can do. It's called the five senses. So what you do is you, if you're having those kind of anxious moments, you think, okay, I'm going to be in this moment. What are five things that I can see? What are four things that I can hear? What are three things that I can feel? And work your way through the senses. And when you do that, you really kind of bring yourself into the moment mm-hmm. and bring yourself down a little bit. There's super th- simple things that you can do too. You know, I teach people to sort of take their thumb and their forefinger together and you make a circle. You go around one way and count one, two, three, and then you go around the other mm-hmm. way and count one, two, three. And you can tell, you can work your way down your fingers, whatever, but you can tell that it just takes you to the moment. I tell a lot of people that I have anxiety when I go to the dentist. I hate yes. going to the dentist. Yes. <laughs> and, so I have, and I have to go on Monday. Oh, you have beautiful <laughs> teeth. Why do you hate going to the dentist? I don't know. I hate it. I hate it. So I have to use these techniques. You know, I yeah. have to, I, when I'm sitting in the chair, I have to say, okay, remember to breathe. You have yeah. to breathe. And and I, I think even the counting the breaths is so mm-hmm. important. You know, mm-hmm. if you can learn to count one, two, three in and one, two, three out, it makes a world of difference. Um, I also work with a lot what's called cognitive behavioral therapy. And if mm-hmm. you've done any type of therapy, you know what CBT is. Mm-hmm. I really am a cognitive behavioral therapist. And so what that is, is you look at your thoughts, your feelings, and how it drives your behavior. Super, super, super simple formula, but it's really hard to implement sometimes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And what we miss so many times is how our feelings drive our behavior. And so a lot of what I'm doing is I'm helping people understand what their feelings are. Some people are not in all in touch with their feelings, you know, (laughs) not at all. Mm -hmm. You know, when you say, well, what does it feel like to be sad? And they says, I don't know. All I am is angry. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) So part of what I do is really helping people get into touch with that. And sometimes it feels like such little baby steps, you know, it's like, okay, tell me when you're sad, let's draw what sad looked like. But it's super, super important. A lot of what I do, I work with a lot of men's mental health as well. That's really been a focus of mine. And, you know, that can be a challenge for a lot of our, our men friends as well, too. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, Yeah, that's a a good point. What do you want to know? It just seems like... um, Therapy, we're like women just want to are more interested in therapy and more interested about our feelings. Like, why are you feeling this way? And I think that's just a stigma. Is that a true stigma that men just like can't really go there and women just it's easy for us? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And and so we think about why is that? I mean, why is it (laughs) that men sometimes and I don't want to go men bashing, but sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, they they do have a harder time connecting. Mm -hmm. Is is it nature versus nurture? Is it just, you know, something that they never learned to do? Is it just kind of the way that it is for them? You know, kind of the way that the thought process, I think it's a combination of everything. You know, when I think of my own kids and and raising them, and I mean, I certainly try to help them get in touch with all of that. But I mean, does it mean that they're experts at it? I don't think so. You know, (laughs) hopefully Jared doesn't feel bad about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, do what you want with that. (laughs) Um, So I think 
but I, I don't think it means that men don't want to be. And that's what I have mm. found. I mean, I have found that when you give them the tools, when you help them the tools to say, okay, this is the way that you, you get in touch with your feelings. And when you start helping them through that CBT process, your thoughts and your feelings, it really opens up a new world. I work somewhat with some, some pretty high-powered people here in Fargo. Mm-hmm. I do, and of course, I can't tell you who. Yeah, but right. I, I mean, I, I do. And you know, they, they're so good at what they do in terms of leaders and all of that type of stuff, but just have such a hard time with that emotion piece. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when I can help them kind of look at that, it just seems to open up a whole new world. And it opens up a whole new world in their relationships as well, too. Good. You know, that they can really start communicating the way that their spouse or their partner wants them to be able to, to communicate. So the answer is, you know, I think there is some differences, but I think if we can help them find a way to to express themselves it just opens up a whole new world mm-hmm. you know and and most men are very very open to that kind sure. of thing so a lot of times they're told to come to therapy because their spouse told them to or their wives mm-hmm. or something right. like that so they come in very hesitant that mm-hmm. type of thing and and i think a lot of them are just kind of afraid that you're going to bash them for what they are you know mm-hmm. they're very sensitive sometimes mm-hmm. so um i think when they just feel comfortable it, it makes a bit of a difference so. do you recommend more couples therapy or would you recommend like the husband comes in first and then the wife comes in first? Yeah. You know, it certainly depends on the situation. It depends on what's going on. I think it, it, it seems to work out very well when each buddy, everybody can kind of deal with their own stuff, you mm-hmm. know, because we all have stuff. And a lot of times mm-hmm. when you have difficulties in couples, um, we all have our own stuff. So it's really nice when they can have the opportunity to do that. You know, the, the male has theirs, the, each partner has kind of theirs. And then there seems to become a time when they can come together. And that's when they can really start saying, this is what I've learned about myself. This is what I've learned about myself. And then really teach those communication tools, because that's a huge part of it as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. You know, how how can we help people learn to use I statements? How can we help people to learn to validate each other and not just react to each other? Because you know how yes. it is when you get into arguments, yes. it's like you're reacting. Oh my goodness. Yes. You know? So it's it's like slowing down that thought process and not reacting. And that's really a lot of what couple therapy is about as well, too. Yeah. So, yeah. When I me and my husband went to couples therapy for the communication thing, and she mm-hmm. she said that men are fixers, so they, yep. they hear the problem and they want to fix Absolutely. things right away. Where I'm like, no, just yeah. listen to Yes. Absolutely. That's that validation piece is Mm -hmm. learning. What does it mean just to validate? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's a a great thing. And we see a lot of success in that as Mm -hmm. well, too. So the other thing um, that I have a lot of success in is, um, you know, we have a trigger in our life, right? Something triggers. And then we think that we have to react right away to it. You know, we think that we have to um, have an emotion about it right away, or we have to always respond right away. And I think a lot of what therapy is and about being aware of your mental health is to know that there's space. There's space between a trigger and between your reaction. And it's in that space that we find um, we find the ability to manage thoughts. We find the ability to manage emotions. And that's a huge, simple concept, but it's a huge concept for people to realize that they have the opportunity to give it space. Mm-hmm. You know, and I have I have it all. I have a I, I did, you know, the, my uh, really terrible way of drawing things. But you know, I have it framed in my office because it's just such an important concept. And that works a lot into even couples therapy, any mm-hmm. kind of therapy that we're doing. So, sure. Yeah. Makes sense. Would you recommend for couples is it do you think it's more of a maintenance or do you think it's more of a like a last resort type of situation couples therapy 
you know, obviously when it's a last resort, it's probably gone too far. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, things have gotten so deep. So things have gotten so hurtful. Things have gotten to the point where is it even repairable? Mm. And I certainly have seen that. Um, I think when couples are finding that they're just having that really difficult time communicating when they're really getting stuck, you know, getting stuck in certain patterns of behavior, that's a huge part of what we're talking about. You know, when they're feeling like they're getting stuck in it, that is certainly a good sign that maybe we need to look beyond this a little bit. You know, and truly, there's a lot of stuff online that you can look at as well, too, mm -hmm. and get a lot of help with. Um, kind of the four the forerunners in couples therapy are got the Gottmans, if you've ever heard of the Gottmans, mm -hmm. um, if you do any kind of Googling. Um, they have tons of stuff out there on the internet. You can download the Gottman deck date cards, you know, where there's all these kind of questions that you can start asking each other, asking your partner, that you can kind of get connected. Um, they have all sorts of books and tools. And I think I have a couple now that they've decided that every night they're going to read a chapter out of a book. They're going to read to each other a chapter Aww. out of a room. I know. And the husband is all for it. And he says, it's just been such a great experience. Mm. So what I'm saying is, you know, I think therapy is so important. But even if you're just saying, ah, you know, things aren't going this well, we want to mm -hmm. change things. I think just even researching it and going out there and seeing what can we do just to do things a little bit different is really huge. And if you're mm -hmm. finding that isn't working and that things are just getting to be real difficult, then it's certainly a sign that maybe some therapy is needed. So mm -hmm. yeah. when you do recognize that therapy is something that you need or you're wanting to pursue, like what are some good steps to finding a therapist that works for you? Like how do you like kind of, yeah, you, you don't want to go through trial and error. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's expensive. Yeah, it's an expensive, expensive cost. It's an expensive cost. Yeah, that, that's a super good question. Um, you know, I think word of mouth is definitely good. Mm -hmm. And what the, the nice thing about word of mouth is that you start opening doors and windows to, you know, I did therapy too. You know, what do you think? Or I need some therapy. Mm -hmm. And you get to amaze all the people that really have found some really good therapists out there. There's also something called psychology today. Most of us have our um, profile on psychology mm -hmm. today. Mm -hmm. Most of the people in the Fargo-Moorhead area. And I think that's, I, find, I get a lot of referrals from that. I think that's just a really good place just to see somebody's profile just to see what they've done and, mm -hmm. and kind of where they've at. Because I think you find that connected. Like on my profile, I say, you know, I'm a sex addiction therapist. I, you know, I uh, I work with this. I've worked with this for many, so many years. And I think that sort of helps people connect a little bit. Um, and then I think part of it is you just kind of do have to trial and error it. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes there just isn't the connection, whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, my way is I'm 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 challenging and I I want you know I'm I'm full of a lot of energy mm -hmm. when I'm working with somebody. And some people don't some people don't want that. Yeah. Some people just want you to validate and listen. And mm -hmm. that's fine. And I think I think maybe going into it knowing I'm gonna give it a try, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and then and kind of go from there. But there's so many wonderful agencies here in Fargo. We're so blessed to have so many wonderful agencies that I, it's not going to be hard to find a great therapist. So, cool. yeah. We'll leave some links down below for you oh, guys yeah. um, on Facebook and YouTube sure. for some good resources. Sure. We'll kind of pick your brain after the podcast and get some links for you guys. Of course. Like that. Yeah, 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 definitely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So on social media, especially TikTok, the term gaslighting has really mm -hmm. blown up and yeah. a lot of people are throwing that term out there right and left. Mm -hmm. From your professional, like what is gaslighting and can you give examples of it? Yeah. 
Yeah, it really has. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I just kind of learned about it a couple of years ago. Yeah. <laughs> what the term was. I mean, obviously, it's been there. You know, what actually gaslighting been, has been, uh, been there for a lot of years. To me, it's kind of part of... Um, um, it's kind of what I would call it a cognitive distortion of shifting the focus. You know, um, the focus is that um, maybe a male is having an affair or something like that. You know, the focus is that, that he's having an affair or the female. It doesn't have to be the male. And so when um, they start learning about that, when they start learning about the affair, he starts blaming her because mm. of the affair. Mm -hmm. Do you do you see what I'm talking yeah, about? Turn the tables kind of turn the exactly. Yeah, turn the tables. Mm -hmm. To me that's somewhat of gaslighting. I mean, I don't think that's the definition that everybody would give, but to me it's like shifting the focus. Um, you know, not not really confronting what the problem is, sure. you know, not really um uh, looking at what needs to change. Um, probably taking the focus off of me, taking the focus of, off of what I've done and and make it your fault. <laughs> you know, that's to me kind of that whole gaslighting right. kind of mm -hmm. place. Is that how you guys understand Yeah, it that's too? how I understand okay. it too. Mm -hmm. Do you yeah. think people who gaslight, are they just not able to be held accountable for their actions? So um, I think people who gaslight. So when we work with people, we look at, we, we talk about what's called stages of change. Mm -hmm. And anytime you work with anybody who has addiction or anything like that, it's that stage of change. So there's five different stages of change. And I'm, I'll get to this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not avoiding your question. So there's pre-contemplation, there's contemplation, there's preparation, there's action, and there's maintenance. So when somebody is gaslighting, when they're shifting the focus, when they're turning the tables, they're contemplative or they're pre-contemplative. They're saying there's not a problem. I don't have a problem. <laughs> you know, mm. nothing has to change. Everybody else has to change but me, you know, and that's where I think the gaslighting comes in mm -hmm. is that they're not understanding that there has to be a change. They're not connecting with that. And it's feeling very uncomfortable to have the focus on them. It's mm -hmm. feeling really uncomfortable to have that. And so they're pushing back, you know, they're pushing back from all of that. So to me, that's sort of where that kind of generates from. It's probably, a, and it's probably a pattern of behavior that this person has had for a very long time, mm -hmm. you know, that they don't want to have the focus. They need to kind of, you know, put it somewhere else. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Do you think it's also an ego thing? Maybe they just think they're the coolest. Awesome yeah. Why do person? people have big egos? <laughs> yeah. Is that a personality thing? Yeah. Because they were raised to think they're perfect or what? <laughs> and what do you think about horoscopes? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Ah, egos, egos. So narcissist, are we talking about yeah. narcissist? Yes. <laughs> Don't you think it's a protective factor? I yeah. Mean, you know, protecting who they are, that they really do most of the time narcissists or people with big egos have really low self-esteem you know yeah. that very much is the case so I think it's just again maybe just um you know protecting themselves and 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 um make helping themselves believe that they are who they probably mm. really aren't you know I think that kind of thing I love nothing more than someone who has a big ego that comes up to me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like can, just wait a minute I can bring him <laughs> down <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing more fun than that for me. Oh, you should get a troll account and yeah. just like troll the trolls on social media. <laughs> I wouldn't know how to do that. <laughs> we'll show you. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that kind of like 
like trolls on social media. Like why these people that just feel so comfortable to attack a stranger makes it so hard for the person like that mm. is seeing that, that they're directing that comment towards. Yeah, yeah, that that is really, really, really hard. Why do why do people feel like well, because on social media, it's much, much easier than being in person to do mm-hmm, that, right? right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's much, much easier to, to do that. So they feel some safety in that probably. Um, don't you think it's part about really making themselves feel better about who they are? Yes. <laughs> because know? the people who say so. mean yeah. things about me, I notice yeah. that they're all middle aged men. Oh, really? Yeah, mm-hmm. like all of them. And I'm like, so, what yeah. the hell is your problem? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They do that to Sarah too on her yeah, pages. It's middle aged really? men that yeah. Really that just like need to say something. Mm-hmm. Oh and it's gosh. so hard not to like clap back, but I just let it be. I'm like, you I could just... destroy you in one sentence. <laughs> yeah. <but> I <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. You know, why is it kind of that middle aged men when they're getting to that point in their lives, maybe when they're feeling uncomfortable with I yeah. mean I'm I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. Really bring it out on a really bring it out on a twenty something year old girl. Yeah. Like, oh, feel less. That's so sad (laughs) it's probably it i mean and maybe as i'm thinking maybe it's a control issue as well too Mm. you know as we get older we feel like maybe we lose a little bit more control in our lives so maybe that's a way to have some control it's Mm. probably people who have never felt control you know Mm -hmm. or that their way of controlling is to control women you know yeah. perhaps or other Yuck. people you know that 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 might be it i mean i'm just kind of throwing it out there but yeah. you know but it's it's nasty yeah mm-hmm. it's nasty and it's hard to see and it's hard to process and yeah. it's hard to um you know understand why mm-hmm. right so when yeah. i I'm better now, but when I used to see comments like that, it would really affect me. Like I would yeah. be in a funk for like a while. Like mm-hmm. yeah. I would text Casey and I'd be like, what the hell yeah. is this guy's problem? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now right. I kind of just shake it off. Yeah. Right. You That's know. all you can do. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You can't let it ruminate. You can't yeah. let it destroy who you are. That kind yeah. of thing. I'm so. the type of person who like if I mess up or like I see something like that, like I like think about it all the time. Do you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I you do. ruminate about yeah. it. Yeah. And that's where you got to use your CBT skills and say... <laughs> Or have your counter thoughts and say, you know, it's it's nothing. You yeah. know, it, it's not. It's just mm-hmm. a blimp in my life, a yeah. moment in my life, and and that's their stuff. That's mm-hmm. not my stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of thing, which is hard to do sometimes. So, so this last few years with COVID and like I'm a mom, yeah. So we had to miss. I I was fortunate enough to be able to work remote, but like I would have to miss like a long long stretches at work because we'd have COVID exposures and like my kid would be sick and I would get anxiety and think that people are thinking less of me because Mm -hmm. I'm a mom and I have to step out and like that comes first and I think a lot of our listeners are moms so and have gone through the same thing do you have any advice for like how to like calm yourself down and not think that everyone hates you (laughs) (laughs) well I mean and isn't it interesting how our brain allows us to go down those rabbit holes you know we call them rabbit holes right I mean we go down these rabbit holes and I think what we really help people understand is that you need to get on top of that thought right away Mm -hmm. before it goes so far down that rabbit hole that you can't get out of it because as you know and and I think um, part of it is self, it's, it starts even before the thought comes, you know, before that action is the self-care piece of it. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes when we are really stressed, sometimes when we aren't taking care of ourselves, we know that we will, uh, need to. 
this, it, it can be harder to manage those thoughts. So mm-hmm. I think a part of it starts even before that. But once those thoughts start, I think you have to, you can do a couple things, you know, you have to go find something else to do, you have to tell yourself, no, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. I'm not going to do yeah. this. This isn't good for me. This isn't good for my kids. This isn't good for my family. Yeah. And it's just really kind of, I think, having in your hip pocket that um, in that toolbox, your CBT toolbox, your mindfulness toolbox, what am I going to tell myself during those times? that is going to help me get through this. You know, what am I going to be able to tell myself? And also have your support network, you know, have your mom pals and your gal pals and your, (laughs) you know, all of that, that you spend just doing this kind of stuff, talking about, you know, man, that was awful the other day. I was going down these rabbit holes and I didn't know what to do. (laughs) (laughs) You know, know, just being able to have a sort of like what are my moms, my mom and my mother-in-law used to do, have these ladies aid kind of moments Mm -hmm. when you were able to kind of share that Mm -hmm. because there's really power in that peer support. And Again, you know, there's a lot of online stuff available that is about that peer support as well, too. As as you know, you just kind of have to search it out. And I have found people to have a lot of success as well, too. Mm-hmm. You know, and we just need to give ourselves some grace. Yes. <laughs> I mean, how and you have to learn how to do that. How do you give yourself some grace? You know, how do you how do you not feel that you have to do everything in that? You know, the kids, I see these things on TikTok. I don't watch TikTok, but I see these things on Facebook that they're making these perfect little lunches for their kids to take to school. Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Not everyone has time for that. <laughs> I think it, like a peanut butter and jelly spine. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's they're, they're, they're like stamping them out in flowers. Yeah, and yeah. They're putting, <laughs> what is up with that? <laughs> Who has time for that? <laughs> and they're putting little notes in and I'm thinking, where did, where did we go wrong? <laughs> where did we go wrong? But I, I do think that has influence on us. Mm-hmm. Think, yes. Oh my gosh, I have to have little flower sandwiches right. for my kid when he goes to school. We've talked about that before too with like mom influencers on, oh, on Instagram. Yeah. I'm like, that is right. not real life. Yeah. Like, it is not okay. It's not <laughs> real. Stop doing that. Heavens, yeah. No, I, I was one day I saw this Kardashian fridge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. That's not realistic. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, right? Nobody has a fridge like that. No. <laughs> or if it's not completely organized with all of the IKEA, you know, storage, it's mm-hmm. it's okay. Yes. I'm telling you. I'm mm-hmm. telling you. I'm 60 years old. I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I love it's that. It's okay if you don't have that. Your life is going to go on. Your kids are going to be fine. I can't tell you how much time Jared spent watching TV growing up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he's great. Yeah. <laughs> he still watches TV here. Sports all the time. <laughs> but I mean, I was busy. I was working. Right. Yeah. We had a life. We had businesses. We were busy. But it's not that we didn't love them. It's not that we didn't provide for them. Mm-hmm. It's not that I don't think that we didn't connect to them. But we were busy and they had to learn to take care of themselves. We lived in a very small town. They had to learn to be independent. Yeah. And they were okay. Mm-hmm. Good. <laughs> Do you think people are overthinking parenting now or? Oh, Um, my God. (laughs) Question. Yeah. Or is it like, like, because I think it is like you are seeing more trends of like people trying to be more like open with getting their kids to talk about feelings in that aspect. But there is like. You also have moms cutting flowers out of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> it's like it would have been defined. Like, are people overthinking these aspects? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't ever. Your generation is your generation. Yeah. My generation is my generation. I don't ever want to put down what you guys have mm-hmm. to do now. I mean, because it's hard. You know, from my perspective, probably 
But mm-hmm. this, 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 your your experience is different than my experience, right. and I don't want to put you down for that. But I, I just hope that you guys give yourself some grace and mm-hmm. say, "What the hell? I don't have to do this." You know, yeah. my kids are going to be fine. What's important is I love them. I take care of their needs. I listen to them. You know, and I, 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 I I'm there for them. Support mm-hmm. them. You know, I play with them. You yeah. know, once in a while, that kind of thing. But I, I you know, that's my soapbox. So. <laughs> But I mean, my my older son just got a dog, or he's had his dog Lenny for oh, about we know. a year. We heard, we heard about the birthday party. Yes, <laughs> the one year birthday, right? Yeah, we had to give him a birthday. So I mean, look at me. I'm, I'm right. I'm right in there with the rest, you know? so, our little Lenny was a year old. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Do you think uh, how important is it to talk about like? Just have a good conversation however you can with a kid. Like when they're two years old, maybe not two, like three years old and they're having a tantrum just to like, how do you communicate that to a child? And is it even (laughs) like important to have that kind of conversation? Well, what you're talking about is self-regulation, right? Yeah. I mean, a, a child that age or all kids, I mean, I think that's a big part of it is you're helping them self-regulate. You're helping them know what the emotion is and say it's okay. Soothe themselves. Mm-hmm. You re- That's the ultimate goal. You want kids to be able to soothe themselves. I don't think there's anything wrong with giving them a space and helping them find those words. Three-year-olds are going to be a little bit harder to find yeah, that, you know, yeah. but helping them find some of those words that, you know, you, are you feeling angry? Are you feeling mm-hmm. sad? What are you feeling? That type of thing. They're cognitively not there. They're not probably going to. I'm not a specialist in child psychology or anything like that. But that's what I think is that, you know, I mean, as much as you can help them, support them, but help with always that back in mind in terms of how do I help my child Mm self-regulate and how do I help them soothe themselves, you know, that type of thing. But that can be very hard, you know, when Mm -hmm. they're when they're tantruming and and then you're feeling, you know, what am I doing as a parent, you know, to make this happen and and to how to manage all of that. But. When it happens in Target, that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> Public especially. Yeah. Well, I feel like that's also a trend of like just parents yeah. doing that with their kids, just having that kind of conversation yeah, with sure, their kids. I sure. think that I'm seeing yeah. a lot of that on TikTok and Instagram yeah. for sure. And that's it's not going to hurt them, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, to have that conversation. But I don't think you have to feel bad if it doesn't result in the child saying I'm sad. Or, right. you know I mean? yeah. because, that's good. That's yeah. good to know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I don't think it's going to hurt them, but I think you're planting a seed, right? And you're helping mm-hmm. them learn a skill. Mm-hmm. And however you can do that. And part of it is just starting to identify what kind of those emotions are. There's beautiful books out there. I just bought one for my um, great nephew. Um, you know, how how am I feeling now? He's like five years old. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a great way of doing it, you know, and starting cool. that conversation as well, too. Mm-hmm. You know, there's wonderful books out there, wonderful yeah. books for all of that, even storybooks, you know, that are really good about mm-hmm. that. So yeah, I do think yeah. it's important just to talk about like just ha- like maybe even just have an open communication sure. with a kid because Absolutely. There's like yeah. childhood trauma and they absolutely. don't know how to vocalize it. So absolutely. Yeah. You always want to make sure that they feel safe and that mm-hmm. they know they can come to you with anything that has kind of happened, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. because I deal with lots of people who didn't feel safe to do yeah. that, you know, yeah. and, and it certainly does. They take it to adulthood and it can be really hard to yeah. manage. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. The term inner child. Can you mm-hmm. explain that? Yeah, I do a lot of inner child work, lots and lots of inner child work. So um, as we're 
growing up, right? And as, as our parents are communicating to us, our caretakers, it's not always our parents, but our caretakers are taking care of our needs, um, you know, doing just kind of the things that we're talking about, help, helping me self-regulate, helping me feel my emotions, that type of thing. Um, if those kind of needs aren't being met, and now I'm going to scare you guys, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's not the point of it, not the point of it. But you know, there, you you know people where those needs were just not met. You know, mm-hmm. they were probably emotionally abused. They uh, were maybe physically abused. Mm-hmm. You know, they their their parents weren't present. Present. You know, they just weren't meeting their needs. We take that into adulthood, and we're we're always kind of trying to meet that need. <laughs> you know, trying to 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 meet that need of feeling wanted or or feeling soothed or or those types of things. So as we get into adulthood, um, uh, we get stuck sometimes. We get stuck in the pattern of behaviors that really are trying to, you know, um, become what we wanted to, to become as a child. So inner child work is really about um, just taking a moment, talking about kind of the most um the time in their lives that they remember the most as a child. We talk about what you looked like at that point. You know, what what did your hair look like? What did you, um, what, what were you generally wearing? What were you kind of doing in that time? And then we talk about, we, we actually draw it on a whiteboard. I draw it on a whiteboard and we draw this child and we talk about how we can nurture that child. You know, mm. what can we do to help that little Susie or Jan or whatever it is, Bobby, um, feel nurtured, you know, feel like they're taken care of. So that's kind of that inner child work that we work on. And then it it becomes, it it also ties into what we call core values. We all kind of develop core values or schemas as they talk about in life. And it kind of tort kind of ties into all of that because, you know, a core value might be is that I'm not worthy. And because I kind of learned that maybe in childhood and we tie all that together as we kind of move forward. And when somebody is maybe having a moment of high self-doubt or, you know, high anxiety, that type of thing, we can start tying all that together and saying, okay, who's talking there? Is that your inner child? You know, is that Mm -hmm. that core value, that schema kind of that you're talking about? And Um, once you're kind of aware of it, then you can manage it a little bit more. So mm -hmm. Inner child work is just so much fun. That's it's super so fascinating. Fun. Also, the other thing that's really fun is to do like genograms. That's what in my day we used to call it. They're called different things where you draw out the whole family system. You know, you start oh. with the person and you you look at mom and dad and brothers and sisters. And then you draw lines like if there's no relationship, you put an X through it. And, you know, there's all sorts of different symbols that you can use. But that's a very fun visual way for people to look at their family and look how things were divided and, and look at maybe who had the power and who didn't have the power and and make it you know there's also something called generational trauma you know and making it you understand maybe what how that generational trauma has affected you so there's a lot of different tools you can use out there but the inner child is a wonderful tool to use and it's used a lot in trauma work as well Mm -hmm. generational trauma what's yeah is is that like passed down trauma yep wow Mm, yep absolutely Absolutely. Are you? Oh, yeah. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's been a lot of studies out there about generational trauma. So um, if somebody, you know, I, I look at it as maybe there was something really awful that happened in two, three generations down. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe um, I'll take my own family, for example. Um, my uncle, Uncle Canute, we're a very Norwegian family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> Uncle Canute. Um, my he went out to Washington and he drowned when he was 18 years old in the Columbia River. He was working out there. So, um, you know, it was back in the early, early 20s, 1920s. And so they brought his body back. And I mean, it was a very, very, very trauma ridden time for my my dad's family, my my grandmother, my grandpa. Um, so what happened with all of that is um, my dad obviously never wanted to talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, my dad didn't want to talk about death or dying or anything mm -hmm. like that. He was always scared for me to go swimming because yeah. he was scared of those kind of things. Yeah. Um, you know, there was a lot of emotions about um, any time a telephone would ring. Sometimes he would, you know, or if there was something... Um, some kind of news that would kind of come up that was difficult. You know, I could tell that that was very stressful for him. Wow. Those kind of things get passed down. You can see that, right? I mean, those yeah. kind of things. And that's just one very small example. I mean, if there's a history of sexual abuse in the family mm -hmm. or if there's something like that, something really big or awful that's happening, those kind, how we deal with it, the whole kind of ambiance kind of gets passed down by generation to generation. So what we want to do is we want to kind of change the pattern of behavior, change the generational trauma. And sometimes that's a lot of what people are kind of doing is they're changing that. They're changing mm -hmm. how we're going to react to things. They're, they're opening doors and windows and they're talking about it, you know, and when you can start changing some of that, it's, it's pretty enlightening for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's what those genograms are about. That's what all of that is really about is sort of understanding it you know yeah to break the cycle is like what yeah. they're calling what i've heard it called of so it's all about the, their their um daily habits right it's not it's nothing internally it's more about their habits that they're doing every day that's getting passed down um no, it's 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 a thought process. You okay. know, I think I think it's it's a it's a thought process as well. That's kind of getting uh, passed on. It's how we deal with stuff, you know, how mm -hmm. we deal with emotions, how we deal with certain subjects, maybe, you know, all of those kind of things okay. get passed down. And we learn we learn scripts about it. Right. As we're you know, we we learn oh, my family is this or my family is this. Mm -hmm. You know, we're learning scripts about it. So that kind of gets passed down. And that can be really difficult for people to, to manage. Yeah. So, yeah. And to break that habit to is break hard the cycle. too. Yeah, absolutely. Do yeah. you um, just habits in general, bad habits? Like, yeah. um, I mean, your alcohol, yeah. um, eating, yeah. overeating, just like yep. everyday basic bad habits. Yeah. How do you, I don't know, how do you, it's a long process, I'm sure, just yeah. to break a habit, but do you have any steps, like beginning steps for it? Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to do. And that's a lot of what people want to do is they want to change a, a behavior pattern. Mm -hmm. And that's what you have to understand first is what is the pattern of behavior? I know the habit, but why am I doing that habit? Right. You know, what, what is, what need is it meeting? You know, and I think understanding that piece as well too. What they also say is you need to take small steps. So if I'm never going to eat um, cinnamon, cinnamon bears again, <laughs> which is hard to imagine because I love cinnamon bears. <laughs> How am I going to do that? You know, what is the first step that I'm going to take? Well, my husband can't go to Fleet Farm and buy them. You know? <laughs> so the first step is I have to have a conversation with him and tell him you can't buy that. And I have to explain that to him. I mean, this, I'm making fun of it, but that's really kind of what it is. Mm -hmm. What is that first step? You have to take small, tiny steps. I think also recording the steps. I have said that that is really good as well too. When I work with people who 
who have um, addiction to porn probably or something like that or have some sort of sexual addiction, what we tell them something really simple, simply is if you want to become sober with it, if you don't want to do it, maybe you need something visual about that. So we tell them to go get an index card. And any day that you have sobriety from it, you put a, a check mark on it, a green mm-hmm. check mark on it. And any day that you don't, you, on the index card, you make a red X on it. And so you can visually see how you're doing because hopefully the green pile is higher than the the red mm-hmm. pile, you know. So it's that visual, oh, yeah, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm, I'm succeeding at it. And I've only screwed up a couple times, you know, <laughs> that type of thing. So I think anything that you can do that can kindly visually help you with all of that. There's a lot of stuff on. And like you said, we can link down to some different sites. But yeah. something called what's called Therapist Aid is what it's called. And I use that site all the time. But there's a lot of different worksheets. There's a lot of different information on there about habit changing or what it takes to do habit changing, that type of thing. So, you know, and again, if I would just give any advice, I would, as I said, live in the moment the most that you can. And how do you do that? How do you live yeah. in the moment? I mean, with your kids and your spouse and and everyone like that. But that's the sweet part of life is when you can live in the moment. It's so nice out now and taking a walk with your little mm-hmm. ones or with mm-hmm. your partner or just with yourself and throwing your AirPods on. You know, I mean, those little moments is what adds up to the times that you can manage stress and, and depression better. I really do believe that. So, you know, even a mantra for yourself that every day I'm going to do something for myself, just really that self-care piece of it, I Mm -hmm. think is just really the important piece of it. And then the other word that I just truly, truly believe is how do I find balance in everything that I do? Mm -hmm. You know, how do I, how do I find kind of that balance piece of it? And I think if people really apply those tools, they're going to find that their life is really going to be full and exciting, um, but less stressful. Yes. My thoughts anyway. Yeah, those are great <laughs> thoughts. Everyone amazing. everyone is entitled and deserves self-care mm-hmm. and yes. balance. Absolutely. So I love that advice. Yes, mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're yeah. so welcome. This is so yeah. good. Thank you. Oh, oh, yeah. I know. Oh, I feel great. <laughs> I hope you guys listening feel good too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know it's a little different of a podcast, mm-hmm. when, especially from, <laughs> yeah, from other more. podcasts before. But we really yeah. felt like you guys... We're really close and open with you guys, so we thought that you guys deserve this too to hear these things too. Mm-hmm. If you if you haven't gone to a therapist or you are considering it, maybe this gave you the little push you needed. Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to help you. So <laughs> yes, like we said, we'll have some information in the links mm-hmm. down below. Um, and yeah, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Hot Dish. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys like this podcast, feel free to share it with a friend and leave us a rating on apple and spotify now Mm -hmm. you can check out the video version of this if you're more of a visual kind of person on facebook and youtube until then thank you guys so much (laughs) Bye. Bye. bye